hurt you, Jen. <laughs> This is just a reminder that Jen does not have COVID. Just for the audio. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> what was that, Jen? I'm fine. <laughs> Jen, if you put a D at the end, you are not fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag friends quotes. <laughs> Nailed it. Seventeenth episode of The Morning Rage. I'm your host, Jen Prentice. And I'm your co-host, Lauren O'Keefe. This is not your mom's morning show. It's a space where we pop off about all things culture, society, and politics in order to help you unpack your beliefs, feel more confident in sharing your voice, and today, join us for a full pop-off where we discuss the L's of March. Yes, we did a show like this at the end of last month where we talked about what we loved, looked at, listened to, and learned in February. We liked it so much because you know we love a good reflection Mm -hmm. around here that we wanted to make it a monthly series. And this month, we are adding in a new L. I know, guys, already adding in a new L. And I think I'm excited about this one. It's going to be what we want to leave in March. This might be my new favorite L. (laughs) And also, I want to leave colds. (laughs) In the time of COVID in March. I know it's too soon. We're not to that part of the podcast yet, but I want to leave colds in the time of COVID in March. Wait, what's a cold, Jen? It sounds like such an exotic disease. I've never heard of this. I haven't had a cold since before COVID. I have not been sick in over a year. Yeah. And I got a cold this week. Which was scratchy throat Uh, and a runny nose. mm -hmm. So immediately I wake up like last week. Yeah. And schedule myself a COVID test. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know if that'll ever go away. That's <laughs> what I'm wondering is like, do we now get colds and have to schedule a COVID test? Maybe. I mean, I'm hoping that we actually just have them in our medicine cabinet and it's like as easy as, I don't know. Have you had a COVID test? I have not. I can tell you, you don't want to have this in your medicine cabinet. <laughs> so for those of you listening who have not had a COVID test, first of all, for those of you listening, If I sound nasal, I don't have COVID. I just have a cold. The test (laughs) did confirm this. But for those of you who have not had a COVID test, oh my gosh. And you did one of the drive-thru ones where they just like yell at you and tell you it's not far enough up your nose while you're sitting there. (laughs) I thought it was all the way down my throat. It was so far up my nose. There was like a line that you're supposed to like meet. Is that right? They told me, direct quote, it needs to go up past the bone. (laughs) I'm sorry. So they give you this Q-tip, this long-handled Q-tip, and you have to stick it up your nostrils. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Might have a lot of that during the pod today. Again, I don't have the vid. Yeah. <laughs> Important <laughs> note. Note for the audio. Just the cold, which I'm going to probably have next week, so yeah. stay tuned. I asked her. I asked her if she was okay, but we see each other every day. If she doesn't have it by now, you might be in the clear. That's true. That's true. So they give you this long-handled Q-tip. You have to stick it up your nose, past the bone, and I don't even swirl know it around oh my gosh. three to four times. Then you have to leave it up there for 15 seconds. Oh. Then oh. you take it out. Put it up the other nostril, swirl it around three to four times, and leave it up there for 15 more seconds. I didn't know you had to do it with both nostrils. 
first of all, <laughs> I have not shed so many tears yeah. in the whole of 2020, <laughs> and I cried a lot in 2020, <laughs> as I had just taking this simple 30-second COVID test. Yes. And I could not stop sneezing for a full five minutes. Oh, my gosh. Apparently, something happens when you, you really... go past the bone. <laughs> We all know something happens when you go past the bone. Oh, no. I think that's what they told us in church when we were teenagers. As long as both feet are on the floor, Jen, it's fine. That's what I heard, and I believe it. But seriously, I hope that every time I get a cold, I don't have to go schedule a COVID test. I know. It's true. It's it's so funny to even like hear the term cold. It's just like, just what hasn't happened. That? I know. But I, I hope you feel better. I'm sure today is going to help, because you love having some popping off, which is pretty much what we're doing today. I do love to pop off about stuff. And, you know, I love talking with you. Oh, thanks. So. And giving me giving me your cold. I appreciate it. Let's dive in. <laughs> let's right. do it, girl. Okay, let's do it. So uh, we are starting with what we loved in the month of March. Jen, let's hear it. Well, other than my middle part, mm, which... It's really life-changing. So life-changing. Yeah. I love my day designer planner. I have been through two different planners in 2021 alone because I previously used to use a day designer planner. You can get them from Target, they're like $15. This year I thought, I'm gonna branch out. I'm gonna see if I can do like the Emily Lay simplified planner. I did this other little artsy planner that had all these pretty quotes in it and a full page for things you're grateful for. No. <laughs> I want my day designer that on every page, every day gives me my hourly schedule, a to-do list, my top three for the day, some notes, things I need to think about for the weekend, things I don't want to forget. It's lots of little boxes with little things that I can check off my list. I love it. Says the achiever. Also, you are an avid journaler. And so I think that means when you look at a planner, you're all business, right? Oh my gosh, I have heard that there are planners for Enneagram types. Oh, yes, I have one for Enneagram One. It tells me I did a good job every day. <laughs> You're the one that told me about this. Yes. I wonder what an Enneagram 3 planner Oh, it's probably all be. business. All business. Because, you know, you get your journaling done, and that is separate. That is for you to, like, work through your thoughts, to jot things down, to really, like, reflect and think on things. I'm speaking for you, but I'm just making some assumptions real quick. It's like you have a window into my soul right now. <laughs> <laughs> and... Then when you want a plan, you're like, no, no, I don't want any of that floofy stuff. I don't want to be grateful for anything in my planner. I want to talk about what needs to get done and check it off my list, right? Look, absolutely. And the best part of this is that on the weekends, they have a checklist box for fun things <laughs> I need to do that weekend. It's the greatest. You got to achieve the fun list too. I bet your Enneagram planner was pretty pricey, huh? I was gifted it by my sister. So I do not know, but it is fantastic. And there is a lot in there. So it is very all encompassing, which I think you are more of a like, keep things separate, right? I am. Business. I did not. You're like the, you're like the, the mullet, mullet of journaling. <laughs> are threes the mullet of the Enneagram? Maybe. You have party in the front, business in the back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you're the opposite of a mullet. Note for the audio, if you could see my face, I'm unpacking all of this revelatory information about myself in real time. Yeah, I'm really glad I could psychoanalyze you today, Jen. That's just Thank a thrill. Thank you so 
much. Anyways, it's like 15 bucks at Target. I got the biggest one you can get because, I mean, I'm also a three, so we go big or go home. Oh, yeah, and you want people to see that planner yeah. as you carry it around with you. I want them to see me checking things <laughs> off on my planner. Huh, I guess I'll put another <laughs> check by this top three item for today. <laughs> Anyways, so loving it. Day designer planner. That's great. Tried them all. Came back to that one. Okay. What, what are you loving? Okay, so I haven't talked about this yet, but in the midst of quarantine, uh, obviously we weren't going to the gym. We're all trying to find ways to somehow stay healthy. And let's be honest, like working out is not my favorite thing. I don't love just like going to the gym and like lifting weights or like getting on a treadmill. I'm just kind of like, I would rather go and do an activity that is also exercise. So we used to have dance class. And you know I loved me some dance class because I never sweat more or work harder than when I am dancing to a song. And I just love that the exercise is the byproduct of what I'm doing, but it's really about getting my groove on. And the other thing would be like tennis. Like I love playing tennis. Played since I was younger, leisurely. I don't like to be competitive at it, um, which is why I'm never gonna play with you, Jen, because I have a feeling you're a competitive tennis player. No, you know, you don't have to come play tennis with me but I am going to get you on the pickleball courts. <laughs> I knew it. I knew pickleball would come up. But I do like the activity aspect of working out. I don't really love going to a gym. So I'm not very highly motivated to do That's that fair. type of a workout. Okay. So I was doing some like casual yoga in my backyard during quarantine, which I loved. And I still do. It's very important. But I used to love going to SoulCycle. Okay? Hold. Stay with me. <laughs> Used to, because there's no Soul Cycle here in San Luis Obispo. When I lived in New York City, I would go to Soul Cycle classes. One of my friends was actually an instructor, and she got me into it, and I lived for it. I thought I would hate it because, you know, me and bicycles, Jen. No, <laughs> for listeners. When Lauren and I first met, I had a bicycle. I've since given it away to someone because I never used it. But I suggested one time that Lauren and I go on a bike ride together, and you would have thought that I asked her to jump out of a plane together because she looked at me like I had two heads and she was like, I don't do bikes. Oh, I did not say it like that. Um, I probably more so said, I don't really like to ride bikes. That is, that is accurate, actually. That's exactly how you said it. Okay, so we can talk about that another time. I'd love to unpack that with you great. later. Can't wait. So I don't really like to ride bikes, but... I love a workout class with a bike that goes nowhere. So when they came out with the SoulCycle at home bike, which is basically the competitor to Peloton, I was thrilled. I did all my research. I really did the comparative between the Peloton and the SoulCycle bike to make sure. And you know, I could really get into a whole podcast episode about the two of them and why to pick one over the other. But all in all, I will say that the SoulCycle bike is basically like if your therapist was also your personal trainer, but like only held sessions at dance parties. It does sound fun. <laughs> it's so fun. It's all about the rhythm. It's all about the good music. My favorite instructor is Jenny Gaither. Shout out Jenny Gaither. You can follow her on Instagram. She's also like a coach and she's the most positive, like amazing person. And I love taking her classes. She tells me that she's proud of me while I'm riding my bike. Which as an Enneagram one <laughs> is all you want to hear. And I'm just exerting all my energy, pushing myself hard. She tells me she's proud of me. Crying and like you had a COVID test. I'm in tears listening to St. Lucia on my SoulCycle bike. Gosh. It's really honestly the best 
therapy slash workout I've ever had. So ask me about SoulCycle bikes and Pelotons if you want. I got all the info and I canceled my gym membership and I could do a monthly plan for this. So no, I didn't go out and just randomly buy a $3,000 at home bicycle. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I suggested you all go get a $15 planner, and Lauren just suggested you get a $3,000 bicycle. But if you are paying $50 to $60 a month for a gym membership, it's really the same thing. Cancel that gym membership, get a SoulCycle bike. All right, that's fair. Now, we both this month also got something that's like moderately affordable, right? Uh, affordable in what way? Because we had a conversation about big decision making, and you talked about viability and feasibility. Right. And I feel like this fits in well with this conversation when you say affordable. That is a <laughs> great point, Lauren. Mm. This month though, Lauren and I both, surprise, we got dogs. <laughs> <laughs> we both got dogs from the same place. Yes, your dog was the catalyst for my dog. I'm so sorry, I was a bad influence. So Lauren, you have what kind of very fluffy dog. Oh, it's a big girl. She's an Alaskan Malamute mix, is what we think she is. We've had a lot of people say what they think she is. I think I'm gonna do one of those 23andMe tests on her, you know, to really get down. You can do it. it for dogs. That's what I heard. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. It, it doesn't matter too much, except I have no idea what to feed this like ginormous dog. Her name's Mochi. She's a real sweet girl, but she needs some, she needs some people training. So, mm. mm -hmm. so Lauren gets Mochi. My boys go nuts. <laughs> they want a big fluffy dog. We look, I cave, basically. They've been asking for years. We look at the same shelter that Lauren got her dog from. I got myself <laughs> and my family a big fluffy Alaskan husky and he, named Falcor. He is so beautiful and he he's is. so sweet. He is. Yeah. He's a great dog. We are still in our trial period for Falcor, <laughs> I would like to point out. Fal Falcor, if you're listening, just like earmuffs, earmuffs right now. <laughs> so I will update you on the next podcast as to whether Falcor stays in the family mm -hmm. because the great thing about this shelter that we both got the dogs from is that they allow you a seven to 10 day trial period. Yes. Falcor is a great dog, but he also loves my cats. <laughs> and I'm just not sure it's gonna work out to have two cats and a husky. Yeah. in the house yeah. so we're gonna stay decide tuned. by friday stay tuned friends yeah next thing we have what did you look at in the month of march that was notable that you would like to talk about today i watched one night in miami oh so good such a great movie it follows malcolm x sam cook jim brown and cassius clay who we know now as muhammad ali for as the title says one night in miami it's historical fiction after Cassius Clay, that was his name at the time, he won the world heavyweight title in Miami. Uh, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, Jim Brown, who were very well-known, prominent black men during the civil rights movement. They were all four friends. They came to watch Muhammad Ali, then Cassius Clay's fight. And after the fight, they get together at a hotel in Miami and spend the evening talking about what it's like to be a black man during the 1960s in the civil rights movement. Did you, you saw it, right, Lauren? I did see it. And the acting was amazing. I honestly love the format of a movie that takes place in one night. There's something about that that is so fascinating because as we know, living lives, there's so much nuance of like something that can happen in a 24 hour period or even a 12 hour period. 
and I love documenting all of those moments, especially when you bring in such powerful characters who were such prominent civil rights activists and public figures of their time. It was like you got to be a fly on the wall a little bit, and that was so cool. It is directed by Regina King, which I actually think makes the movie even better because you're looking at what it was like to be a prominent black man during the civil rights movement and the struggles, the internal and the external struggles that went on for these four men during that time. But I honestly think bringing Regina's female perspective to it as a black woman probably made what is a very dialogue heavy movie. It's not like a Marvel movie where you can check out for 15 minutes and come back and, and you're be like, like, they're still blowing stuff up. Huh, yeah. great. Loki's still here. <laughs> Leslie Odom Jr. plays Sam Cooke. And Sam Cooke was a singer in the 60s. He wrote the song, A Change Is Gonna Come. Leslie sings throughout the movie. He also sings one song on the soundtrack called Speak Now, which is one of the most powerful and beautiful songs mm -hmm. that I have ever heard. And I just felt like this movie was a really good example of the power of storytelling. Yeah. And the power of story to help us be transported to a different time mm -hmm. and put ourselves in the shoes of someone who we will never be able to fully understand. As a white woman, I will never be able to understand what it's like to be a person of color in America. Definitely never be able to understand what it was like to be a black man during the 1960s in the civil rights movement in America. But the best stories make you feel something, put you in the headspace of other people, and help you develop a new level of empathy mm -hmm. for what those people went through or are still going through, as people of color are still going through so much in our world today. And everyone should watch this movie and then research. I sat there and researched what actually happened because the four of them did spend the evening together in Miami, but there's a lot of debate around what actually happened that evening. But just research the four of them. There's so much that I didn't know about Malcolm X. I think yes. we portray him as this, like, honestly, violent guy, and he was not. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I think white people have done to him. He was not a violent man. Mm -hmm. And he was such an amazing voice for human rights of all kinds, but specifically for black people in America during the civil rights movement. I mean, I just, I did a lot of research on him and had a lot of respect, have a lot more respect than I previously did even mm -hmm. for him. So watch the movie. It's so good. So great. So great that you can get that much out of sitting down for a couple hours watching a really good movie. It's really impactful. That's awesome. I'm going to go on a flip side. Uh, I've been in a real comedy kick these days. I feel like I need maybe just like a little comic relief. But we don't really get that with sitcoms these days. There's not a lot of really good ones, unfortunately. Sitcoms suck right yeah. now. <laughs> and sitcoms used to be my favorite thing. TGIF. Oh, 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 I can't even talk about TGIF without almost like shedding one tear. I, TGIF, Friends, How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> what happened after all those? I don't know. I don't know. We kind of lost it. So I've been looking to comedy and I'm really into clean comedy specials. You would think that we don't get clean comedy anymore and I was actually pretty surprised by some of the newer clean comics that are coming out, uh, especially I've been watching 
Netflix is where there's a lot of great comedy specials. And if you don't have Netflix, do you even have TV? I'm not sure. It's so strange how that has changed. <laughs> Especially during COVID. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, that made a, a huge difference for sure. Um, we all know kind of the famous clean comedians of the time. We've got Jerry Seinfeld, Jim Gaffigan. We do have Brian Regan, who I do love because I listened to him when I was younger. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have strong feelings against Pumpkin this. spicy take here. I do not like Brian Regan. Does he make you uncomfortable? <laughs> I don't like that real physical comedy and the mm. way that he delivers his lines. I understand that because Russ, my husband, loves him some Brian Regan. Thinks mm-hmm. he's hilarious. We watched that comedy special together and I just sat there and did work on my computer. <laughs> and he's like, don't you like this? I was like, I really don't. Oh, no. I find none of this funny. Maybe it does have to do with the fact that I listened to when I was younger then. Because his, his stuff was really good when I was younger and I only listened to the audio of it. That was like the thing when I was like young and high school, junior high, and we only listened to the audio of comedy. Yeah, so maybe, maybe that was it too. I never face. saw. I'm sorry, Brian Regan, and your face. Yeah. Well, so we get a new special from Brian Regan that just came out. He's at the Red Rock Amphitheater, which is gorgeous. And I did not love it. It's during COVID. I liked it. Clean comedy. Give it a go, you know. Sure. Okay, so if you're not loving the Brian Regan of it all, then there are some new comics that are out and on Netflix. Super impressed by these guys. Uh, One is Ryan Hamilton. He's from Idaho. He's this tall, lanky, white fella, and he is very funny. He is like a master of like sarcastic comedy, very self-deprecating humor, but not in the way that you're like worried for him. That like (laughs) I do. There are some comics that just bag on themselves so much that you're like oh I also bet you definitely eat your feelings yeah. and you're like are, are you, you okay you I need to talk to someone <laughs> so I think he's really funny he does a good job clean comedy the other one my favorite as of late is Nate Bargatze oh yes I love Nate Bargatze for as much as I don't like Brian <laughs> Regan. I'm on the complete other end with some Nate Bargatze love 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 yes he's so great he has very relatable stories. It's very like deadpan comedy. I love his delivery and it's all super clean and you start realizing, you know what? It's almost more creative and more fun to have clean comedy and I'm super into it. His first thing on Netflix was this thing called The Stand-Ups where they had a bunch of different comedians. He has a 30 minute episode that came out in 2018. He has The Tennessee Kid, which is I think my favorite on Netflix. That's from 2019. And then a new one came out this month called The Greatest Average American. And it's so funny. I If you guys want a little bit of comedy in your life, that's where you go. We watched The Greatest Average American the other night, and Nate reminds me of the people that I went to college with, like the guys that I went to college with, because I went to college in North Carolina, and he's from Tennessee, and just he reminds me of every guy that I knew in the South, and it is the best. Yes. I love him so much. Also, Lauren, somewhere... Your youth pastor is smiling about you and your love of clean comedy. (laughs) Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah, that's like their dream, right? Every time you go to like Christian camp, they put on some clean comedy. They put on Brian Regan, I think, out in California. I think that's really what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Jen, let's move on. What was your favorite thing you listened to this month? I feel like this category is the Lay's potato chips of categories (laughs) for me. I can't ever pick just one. Also, Mm. if you are old enough to understand that Lay's potato chip commercial reference, you're my people. And we're getting old. (laughs) 
My favorite song came out in March by Jordan Davis. He's a country singer. It's called Need to Not. It's a great breakup song, Ooh. but not in a sad, cry your eyes out while eating a pint of ice cream. Mm-hmm. Is that just me? With me? crushed Lay's potato chips on it? <laughs> oh my gosh. Ben and Jerry's, call us. In a like pop sort of, I'm driving around, maybe thinking about my ex-boyfriend kind of huh. way. Yeah. So Need to Not by Jordan Davis. Okay. Well, I have a new favorite podcast, which everyone knows is a big deal for me. I've been a very loyal Annie F. Downs follower for many years. Still love Annie. Her last three podcasts with Lauren Daigle, John Eldridge, and Sally Lloyd-Jones are amazing. But I really love a podcast called Why Though with Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. I know we're going to talk about Tiffany a little later, but they're just two friends like me and you. Uh who are sitting down to talk about important issues and Mm -hmm. also fun things as it relates to kind of culture, society, and politics. They do it in a very well-researched way. They are both incredibly thoughtful. There is a faith element to it, but you can also tell that they're just really good friends who love and care about each other. They're funny. It really is like sitting down and listening in on a conversation between two friends, which I know is what we are hoping for our podcast. And I almost thought, oh my gosh, I can't share this because then people (laughs) will go listen to Tiffany and Ashley's podcast and not listen to our podcast. But I have to live out what I believe. And that is that there is room at the table for all of us. So go listen to Why Though, Tiffany Bloom, Ashley Abercrombie. It's a great podcast. That's so exciting. And people that we can aspire to be more like. I know. I hope we'll like a year or two. Someday. We'll have like a, a pod pod. A pod pod? Interesting. <laughs> All right. On that note, what are you listening to this month? Okay, so my listen to the Justin Bieber album just came out. Shocking that you would uh, promote the Biebs. Well, I have a lot to say about this actually. So the album came out, it's called Justice. Interesting word choice, title okay. choice for this cultural moment. At the start of the album, and then sampled somewhere through it, there are a couple of Martin Luther King Jr. speeches that are dropped in. Now, this is an interesting choice and maybe somewhat uh, ill-advised. I read a Pitchfork review. Pitchfork obviously does all of these big reviews of musical albums that have come out. We'll put the link to it in the show notes just so you can read it, because it is a, a fascinating read kind of breaking down this album and the commentary that they make about his choice to put these speeches in was pretty insightful so if you don't mind I'll read a snippet of it. Pop off girl. Okay thank you. In the half century following Dr. King's assassinations liberalism has turned him a revolutionary figure once hated by the majority of white Americans for his commitment to racial, religious, and economic justice into a convenient accessory through which to signal a vague corporation-safe message in support of black people. And if Bieber is anything, he is a corporation. Perhaps that is why I don't find it especially jarring to hear King's exhortation for radical sacrifice juxtaposed with a song about being horny enough to walk through fire. On Instagram, I see this style of cognitive dissonance or willful cynicism deployed almost daily by media companies, influencers, and celebrities. People I knew in college, even an Etsy plant store. This is just how we communicate now. Leave it to Bieber to, however unintentionally, hold up a mirror to a culture that doesn't want to see itself. Oof, that's rough. 
yikes, right? It's like a little convicting to hear that review and be like, yeah, think of how many times you see someone on Instagram post for Black History Month and it is just the most convenient sampled quote. Taken completely out of context. Completely out of context. Just a small snippet of what Martin Luther King Jr. has said. And then there's no action behind it. And it also doesn't feel like it fits with what this person is working towards in a lot of ways. Or in this case, you have a sampling of these really, really powerful words. An album called Justice and then songs about love and relationships and sex. You know, it feels a little contradicting in some ways, but also just like it's... It's Justin Bieber co-opting Martin Luther King Jr. and his words, again, maybe not intentionally, but not in a way that we need to be celebrating. My question to Bieber is, what are you doing behind the scenes to back up anything that you might be putting out on your album or saying? Because I think we always have to look at people's actions. And again, pointing a finger back at myself, what am I doing behind the scenes to back up what I'm saying publicly? Yes, and I think that's the important question. And I have seen him make strides to support the black community and put things out. I just don't know if this album was the place to do that. And I think all in all, and even the reviewer says of the album, like, in general, this is a great album that he's put out in the sense that it feels like he's finally having fun making music again. The last album was very R&B. It felt like he was trying to prove something as if, you know, I'm not this, you know, pimple-faced kid anymore. I'm not your baby, 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 ooh. <laughs> nice, Jen. Even with a cold. <laughs> it's actually better with a cold, I think. You got like a Phoebe scratchy voice thing going on? I think it's unfortunate that he made some of these choices. It's a great summer vibe. And the song Peaches is a a real jammy jam. It's a little explicit, but it's also just a great vibe. Well, I will check out the Biebs album. Maybe not the whole thing. Maybe just the Peaches. The Peaches are good. All right, well, I'm going to take a hard left turn from the Justin Biebers of the world and uh, talk about what I learned this month. Let's do it. I think that falls in line. That's true. We're all in need of listening and learning Mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, the work of racial justice. Mm -hmm. So see what I did there? I like it. See what I did there? You really did. I did. I read a book, well, I listened to a book, I should say, called Reframation, colon, Seeing God, People, and Mission Through Reenchanted Frames. It's by two guys. One is named Alan Hirsch, and one is Mark Nelson. And my biggest takeaway from the book was that my view of God and Jesus and Christianity and faith is too small. And it was never meant to be as black and white and simplistic as the American church, specifically Western Christianity, makes it. Or maybe a better way of saying it is that the gospel message can be both complex and simple at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to be people, we need to be Christians who are okay with learning more and understanding less Mm -hmm. when it comes to faith. I am not even really ready right now to unpack everything that I learned from this book or everything that I just said, huh, I need to think about that more. Yeah. The title is so appropriate 
because it really did help me reframe the way that I have looked at faith and Christianity, not taking out the centrality of the gospel message. And that's something that you and I talk about a lot is making sure that we never lose the centrality of the gospel message and who Jesus is and what he did on the cross, but seeking ways to meet people and culture with the love of Jesus where they're at, not watering down the gospel whenever we do it, but not being afraid of thinking about faith differently than you're a sinner, you need a ticket to heaven. Mm -hmm. Jesus is that ticket, which I think in a Western culture that thinks about things through a guilt-innocence lens. And also, what can I get out of this? Exactly. Yeah. That is, at least for me, how I have been taught to look at my faith. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not taking away the centrality of the gospel to say, yes, I am a sinner saved by grace, but let's look at where all the other facets of who Jesus was and is can meet people, you know, the guy that keeps swiping right on Tinder mm -hmm. every night. Yeah. Um, the woman who is struggling with shame or an eating disorder or whatever she might be struggling with. Mm -hmm. How does Jesus and what he did meet that person? And not trying to make Jesus more palatable or less offensive to my non-Christian friends because I think that robs Jesus of his transformative power and his restorative influence, but really seeking to figure out what other people's needs are and how what Jesus did on the cross meets those needs mm -hmm. instead of always framing it through sinner, saved by grace, ticket to heaven. Yes, it's not a one-size-fits-all type of theology. And the idea of reframing is very important in this moment of where we are at culturally, religiously, politically. Like there's a lot of things that reframing our initial thinking is going to make a huge difference in opening up people's minds and helping people come together and say, hey, maybe we don't all disagree on so, so much. Let's reframe some of these hard-edged thoughts that we've put ourselves boxed in for years. I, don't, I think that concept is so cool, and I hope other people join and read that book. It is really good. I will link to a podcast that one of my friends sent me that kind of was my gateway drug, if you will, to <laughs> this book. I'll link to that in the show notes because if you do nothing else but listen to the podcast even, it will really challenge your thinking in the best way. That's about great. your faith and about Jesus. All right. What did you learn this month, Lauren? So I think this is more so what I am starting to learn and what I'm about to learn, which I'm really excited for. I couldn't not talk about it now, even though a lot of this is going to be something we discuss this next month. Ooh, tell me more. Tell okay. me more. So you brought up Tiffany Bloom and her podcast, Why Though? She has a book out called Pray Tell, Why We Silence Women Who Tell the Truth and How Everyone Can Speak Up. I'm Whoa. sorry, did Whoa. she write this book for our podcast? I am so excited for this. I think just from the little bit that I've gotten to know about her, I'm excited to see her perspective on this subject, on this topic, and just excited for you and I to have this conversation because obviously it's one that needs to happen, something you and I are super passionate about starting this podcast. 
Yeah, we will not be silent anymore. (laughs) And that is why we started this podcast. Jen will sing on every episode. Watermelon sugar. So I think this is going to be a great read. I've just got the book. I'm just starting to read it and dive in. I know you've already been doing some listening and reading as well. And we're going to actually invite everybody in to read this book this next month while we kind of break it down and talk about it. Yes, she has a book club guide that goes along with this book. So we are going to be encouraging everyone to get Tiffany's book, Pray Tell by Tiffany Bloom. Read it with us, and in April, we're going to be doing some fun book clubby stuff. Yes, and one thing I'll share from just the introduction of the book that's already got me is she just starts talking about how the practice of silencing women is not a female issue, it's not a male issue, it's not a political issue, it's not a racial issue, like it's an everyone issue. And she says, unless we pursue the redemptive arc of justice, it will continue uncontested and half the human population will suffer under the weight of abuse and violation. We have a real theme of arcs of justice yes. in our book club books. Yes. Jamar Tisby's book, How to Fight Racism, had the arc of racial justice. And uh, now in this book, we're pursuing the arc of redemptive justice for women. Yes. We will not be silenced. We will not be silenced. (laughs) And I will go on an arc of justice like all year round. 2021 is the year of justice, and I don't mean the Justin Bieber kind. Okay, I just had to say that real quick. We want to be real clear. Yes, so we're really excited about this, um, and I am, yeah, just breaking open the start of like what I'm going to learn from it, and I can't wait. I'm excited to finish reading it. I've read the first chapter. Great. I'm excited. Yay. Okay, so this is the new, should we drum roll? The new L of March. What are you going to leave in March, Lauren? So one of the biggest issues I'm seeing right now and that we've faced for, I don't know, the last 40, 50 years? uh, Tabloids. Ooh. I'm so over this. I mean, they had a real moment, 80s, 90s, 2000s. National Enquirer. Hasn't gone away. And I think it's incredibly destructive not only to the celebrities and the people that they are trolling and the people that they are harassing and following, but also to the common person that is reading these things. I think it is one of the aspects of pop culture that is the most harmful. Yeah, why can't we just not care about celebrities or treat them like normal people, report on them the way that we would report on normal people, not sensationalize things. Yes, like journalism about what is going on, you know, still keeping people accountable, still reporting on things that are happening, but not in a sensational way, not in a way that's just trying to break people down, sell articles, sell magazines. So we're watching this really happen in real time now with everything that came out after the Meghan and Harry interview with Oprah that you and I talked about. You have Piers Morgan, who really rose to fame and popularity in the 80s and 90s as a writer and an editor for British tabloids, The Sun, News of the World, and The Daily Mirror. I did not know that about Piers. Yes, he basically grew up in tabloids. That's where his career has launched from. Shame on you, Piers. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. When you listen to some of the things he talks about, he had a show, Good Morning Britain, that he left earlier this month after he made a slew of comments about Meghan Markle. One that he will not let go of is that he didn't believe a word that she had told Oprah about her mental health in the interview. And that is just 
jarring and sad and awful and talk about silencing women, not listening to them, not believing them. Shame on you, white, rich man, Piers Morgan. (laughs) Yes, and this is just one of many issues that the tabloids have caused. There's been a lot of deaths, suicides from celebrities, from people in the public eye, mostly because of the bullying and the harassment that they have gotten from these tabloids. Why aren't these papers illegal, basically, at this point? So how do we, here in America, stop this? One, you stop buying it at the newsstand, at the airport, when everyone starts traveling again. I know it's a real guilty pleasure to pick up an Us Weekly or whatever. Trust me, I have been someone who has done that in the past too, or you're at the hair salon, you pick it up. I mean, thankfully there's no magazines at the hair salons. Ain't no one picking anything up at the hair salons. (laughs) Because the vid maybe started with an Us Weekly. It's very true. So at a hair salon. Yeah. So when we get when we get back to flying, traveling, just don't purchase these. There's so many other constructive things that we can not only be consuming and reading about, but just supporting in general. All right. I'm gonna say this publicly. I'm going to commit to not visiting people.com <gasps> and e online. Wow, that's big. I know. For the next month. Wow. All right. I'll join you. It's going to take some training. We're going to have a real dull, hot stuff for the next yeah. <laughs> Oh, real celebrity news gets out in other media outlets. Don't worry. That's very true. Yes. We'll still find it. We'll find it. Okay, Jen, what do you want to leave in March? This is equally as serious, but on a different way. Mm-hmm. I want to leave the fear of failure and holding myself back because I'm either worried about what people will think mm-hmm. or I'm worried that I won't have the capacity to do something or I won't be good enough. Yeah. First of all, who cares what people think? Second of all, I don't have the capacity, but God does, and he can give the capacity to me to accomplish things through him. Third, what does being good enough even mean? What is that term? Like, why do we use the term, I'm not good enough? I don't like the words good and bad. Yeah. As they apply to life, really. Yeah, no, absolutely, and what standard are we measuring ourselves against? It's one we're setting for ourselves. Or maybe it is somebody on Instagram that we think we should have the capacity to do all the things that this person does or be in a place of success like they are. Maybe that's sometimes how we measure it. So in April, I'm going to try to be a little bit more bold and courageous with doing some of the things that I'm personally passionate about and working on projects that I've in the working on projects that historically I have felt unqualified to do and just trust that if God's called me to do something, he'll give me the ability and capacity to do it. Yes. I'm excited. Thanks. That's going to inspire me to do the same. Stay tuned, everyone. (laughs) Her album drops in a month. (laughs) It's called I'm Fine. (laughs) It's a cover album, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Oh, this is so fun. This might be my favorite episode we do every month. Oh, you stop. No, I will not. (laughs) You know what would be great is if we had folks who listen, feel free to share with us throughout the month some of your favorite L's. We want to know what you're loving, what you're listening to, what you're looking at, what you're learning, and also what we're leaving behind that month. 
Absolutely. I find so many great things from other people's recommendations mm. on social media or on podcasts. Yes. And we want to hear yours. Yeah. Feel free to share yours. We'd love to share them here for other people to be able to have new fun things to watch and listen. Guys, this was good. We're so thankful that you joined us because we truly believe that life is too short to stay silent. Thank you for raging with us.